All right, you ready for the word? You know, people keep coming up to me and they say, uh, Pastor Paul, what are some of the keys to living a significant life? What they're basically saying is you're getting old. And so you've done a lot of life and maybe you can help me a little bit. By the way, how do you know when you're old? Takes you about 10 minutes to put on tight skinny jeans. And if you go on a motorbike ride and you look in the rear vision mirror, you realize you've got sails as cheeks because the wind just blows them out. Somebody said, you know when you're old, when you feel like an old car. And I said, what do you mean? They said, well, when you cough, your radiator leaks. <laughs> a little bit edgy and your, your exhaust pipe backfires. Anyway, I'm not sure if... <laughs> but what I've discovered is over a whole lot of years, there are some things we're not being taught from Hollywood. And tonight I want to give you one thought, but I'm going to illustrate it. And if you were to embrace it, it would not only change you, but it would change your future. And it would have an echo in the generations to come. And it's this thought that significance, not success, but significance requires depth. See, we're in a world where we want it now and we want to grow and we want to have it all and we want to go wide Whereas the Bible teaches that if you want to have true significance, then you are going to develop a life that's deeper than it's ever been. And so in Hollywood, you are showing success. But if you were to analyze a whole lot of the lives, there's no long-term significance. There's one of my favorite verses. It's Psalm 92 verse 13, where it says, Those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. And you might be here and saying, well, Paul, I'm actually going through a tough time. And we all have those tough times. But if you're having a tough life, then there's something more to the equation. And God says, if you learn to go deep, if you get planted, by the way, he didn't say turn up to church when it works for you. He didn't say, well, I've got no better office. So, or right now I'm going through a tough time. So I need the Godfather to step in rather than Father God. So those that are planted will flourish. And I love the second part of the verse. It says, they shall bear fruit in old age. Just turned 60 this year and I got that all over our house everywhere. They will bear fruit in old age. Come on, they will be fresh and they will be flourishing. In other words, you can have dark seasons and it can be tough, but God's purpose is to take you through that. But your answer to that is to grow deep rather than growing wide. Mm -hmm. And I look at that and I go, God, that's who we want to be. Well, there's an argument that goes around the Christian world. Well, you don't have to be in church to be a Christian. Let, let's unpack that. Salvation is free. That's true. But you cannot be a fresh, flourishing, sustainable, significant Christian unless you're planted. Or you can be an anemic Christian. You can be a limited fruit-bearing Christian. You can be a Christian that continues to go around in circles. But God wants to teach us that we can actually go to a new level. Let me put it another way. The depth of your root determines the quality of your fruit. The depth of your relational root in marriage determines the quality of the fruit of your marriage. By the way, 
You say, Pastor, would you pray for my marriage on an altar call? I'll pray. The problem is that doesn't change anything. That just prepares you to grow deeper roots. And God wants to realize that we're being bombarded. Just take everything you want. Take it now. Just live a surface life. God says, no, you will not last through the trials that come your way. Grow deeper. Why is it after 40 years of ministry nearly that I'm going and meeting people I met 20 years ago that are Christians? They have a belief, but it's not planted. And their attitudes are the same and their lives have the same issues. And tonight I'm not here to make you feel good. I'm here to help you. So I'm going to come full on whether you like it or not. The pastors can fix it up next week. Let me put it another way. Environments determine destinies. So when I turn up to church just when I need to or it works in my schedule, what's your main environment? And the Bible says, you want to be fresh and flourishing, grow deep roots. So many people possess what I call an unplanted faith. So I brought a friend with me tonight. I call him Bernie the Bonsai. Everyone say, hi, Bernie. Hi. You might not know much about bonsais, but if you wanted a message title tonight, I would put it like this. Don't become a bonsai. Don't become a bonsai. And you go, well, what is a bonsai? It's a Japanese art form. They, they determined that they would take the seed of an incredibly potentially big tree. By the way, this is a... Citra, uh, cypress tree and what they would do with that tree is they would put it in a small pot and they would cut or crop the root system so that it would look like a full replica even the leaves would be the same size but it would never grow beyond a certain height wow. all right it's going to get hot in here because the enemy can't take our faith from us, many of us, but He can keep us limited because without even knowing it, we're living like a bonsai. So let me talk about bonsai Christians just to help you identify. First thing about a bonsai Christian is it's someone who controls the shape of their pot. It's like, well, I, I believe in God, but I like blue. And I like oval and I like shallow. So therefore, that's my Christianity right there. I can move it wherever I want to move it. And I'm comfortable with what I've got because this is all about me. And if you try to get into my pot, there's no way I'll let you get into my pot. I'm one of those Christians that have been hurt. And so if you want to hug me, it's a sideway hug. Now, I believe we need a hug properly and come on, but how many have ever been hugged by somebody that's got an issue? So you go. I'm happy for you to park next to me, but don't get close to me. Because you see, I've been through some broken things and I don't trust anyone anymore. But I'm happy to believe what I believe, but I'm going to do it isolated and I'm going to do it alone and I'm the one that determines what I do. In fact, did you realize that Jesus didn't save you just from sin, but he saved you from self? Not only did he save you from self, he saved you from personal security. And he says, you're going to have to learn to trust me. So don't become a bonsai and control all of your environment. 
Because self will remain the center of your life in Christian walk. So when you look at the bonsai, you go, wow, it's cute. But a bonsai Christian, as I'm saying, literally controls their environment. I don't do what God wants me to do. I do what I want to do. Second thing about a bonsai Christian is they require constant maintenance. So when you go to the bonsai tree or shop and you say, I want to buy a bonsai, Mr. Bonsai owner will go, that's great, but maybe you don't know much about bonsais. You realize there's not much soil in this pot. So every week you're going to have to soak it in a tub because there's not enough moisture to keep it living unless you do that every single week. And then not only soak it in the tub, but you are going to have to come along and every day, You're right, Bernie. You enjoying life, Bernie? I'm here for you, Bernie. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. We aren't getting there yet. See, Bernie is all about a need for inspiration because Bernie doesn't carry any revelation. Well, I come to church when I can fit it in and I don't really get much out of it. Let's see what the worship team can do tonight. Oh, oh by the way, we've got a women's conference coming up and let's go to the screen and come on, you've got to come to Cherish and then once the video is over, we need somebody else to echo it a little more and then convince you a little more. And when it comes to giving, we need to get Pastor Beck up there because you know what? You are not really convinced you're a bonsai and so you need somebody to come along every week and inspire you to do what you need to do. And you're wondering why everything in your life is going around in circles and everything in you stays small. Worship's going on. I didn't get much out of that. Oh, we'll come a little closer. You feel a little better now? Can we do something more for you? Come on. Aren't you thankful I'm not your pastor? The point I'm wanting to make is your depth determines your height. And bonsai thinking people are not all in people. So we need to talk about being all in all the time. And even when you go all in, we still got to come along. Tell like it is, why, boy? It's because we got a small man syndrome. So we've already got an issue, and come on, we've got to say, hey, church, don't forget pathways. It's where you can connect, where you can develop, where you can be empowered. Oh, well, I've been a Christian for a long time. Yep, bonsais have been around for a long time. <laughs> bonsai Christians, are you okay? Do you love me still? Yeah. Bonsai Christians. They live shadow, therefore restricted. See, if you were to pull this bonsai out, you would find a root system that goes in circles. And I'm sorry if you own a bonsai because you're going to see it differently from now on. They may be cute, but every week they keep going around. And every week they come to an altar call and they say, God, would you move in my life? 
And every week they say, but God, your promises are so much more than what I'm experiencing. Uh And so they want the pastor to come and impart to them. The problem is their root system, not the impartation. And it's kind of like God is saying, do you realize that if you're in a bonsai, you're missing the point of God? And you might say, well, who are you to judge me? I got friends just like me. Of course you do. That's where bonsai lives, in a bonsai shop. So if you want a bonsai, go to the bonsai shop and everybody says, well, our leaves are as big as theirs. I don't know what they're talking about. But I'm not here in any other reason than to say, you know what? God wants to take you to a place because the depth of your root, listen to this, determines the quality of your fruit. So in everything in life, you've got to think, I've got to grow deep. I've got to be long-term. I've got to commit myself to something that is powerful. Like even when you study agriculture and you study forests and ecosystems, there are two different types of growing. One is this, is that they grow today for high productivity, same plants next to same plants. And they do it so speed of delivery. The problem is they have higher rates of infection, so they need pesticides. When you go to God's design, they put different plants next to different plants, and even with weeds around them, helps them to ward off the infection. And in China, they did a study on rice, different types of rice growing together, not the same. And what happened is they had an increase of productivity of 89% because they had a 94% reduction in disease. So you say, what are you saying, Paul? If you just go to the group or the church where everybody's the same and you don't have a pastor from New Zealand to give it to you both barrels. And say, maybe that's my issue is that I haven't grown deep roots because I don't always like what I find down there. And God says, you need people that are different to you. Like even Marie and I, we've been married for 37 years. We're together. We're in love. Why? Because she got lucky. No, we are married because we realize something. If we grow marriage roots, we'll have a fresh and flourishing. Hey, by the way, we say on a marriage day, the two will become one flesh. Think about it. The two will become. It's a lifelong journey of becoming. We want everything instant. And maybe your marriage is struggling right now, and I'm telling you, God has got the answer. Just start to put your roots down strong. This is for you, Jürgen. Put your roots down. He's pointing like this on the front row. No, man, I got you, bro. I got you, not me. Hey, by the way, by the way, the enemy's plan for your life has always been to get you out of the garden. So we want it here. We want it now. Come on. We want surface living. We didn't like what happened there, so we're off. No, 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 no. If you take this tree, same tree, and I were to plant it outdoors, even not in the best soil, I'll show you what it can become on the screen. What would you rather be, that or that? Now, that's on rock, so it's finding soil. But if that was in proper soil, that would grow to 80 feet. And we're in lives where we're going, God, why don't I get the breakthrough? And God says, because you're a bonsai. You've got bonsai attitudes. You've got bonsai outlooks. You've got 
bonsai commitments and you've got to realize, and here's even the thing that gets me deeper as I looked into it, the same seed that grew this, grew that. So the problem is not you. Everybody in the house tonight that goes, you know what, I wish I wasn't like I am. God says, the problem's not the seed. You say, but I can't get rid of the addiction. The problem's not the seed, it's not you. You get planted and grow deep. Everything that you need to change, everything that you need to break through and everything that you need is gonna see God take you to a higher level. All right, I gotta move on quickly, all right? We might have a long night tonight, is that okay? Because we're, we're, we're going deep, we're going deep. And so challenge you, I challenge you, come on. Let's be a church that when we see bonsai attitudes. So is that a good attitude to have? Is that a good way to look at yourself? Why do you keep echoing the negatives of the past? Why don't you take the God of the now? Come on, let's go all in. So that's a bonsai Christian. Let me talk to you about a planted Christian. The thing I've observed about planted Christians they are people that are committed to grow deep roots. So I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on that, but this is what I discovered. If you go to a forest and analyze it, what happens is the forest is made up of seeds that grow into plants that determine to grow deep roots. If you're in a church, you might go, wow, this is an amazing church. Depends how long you stay here. It's like I married the person from heaven, yes, until after the honeymoon. It's kind of like, you're gonna discover things under the soil you didn't expect. But a planted Christian goes, I know it's not perfect because I'm here. And people say, well, the church, you know what? It's kind of like it's got some issues. Well, everything's got issues. You get married, there are issues. You have babies, they grow into teenagers, become demons, you've got issues. Sorry if you're in your teenagers. But people have got issues, but you know what a tree's DNA? Listen to this. In the old days, they used to have clay pipes. You can't see it, but they're porous. And a little wee soft shoot would hit a clay pipe. You know what it said? Oh, that hurt me. No, it said, I'm going through you. Because my answer is depth. When I hit a path, I'm going under you. Even though I'm green and tender, I know if I keep going, growing deep, I'm gonna lift what stands before me out of the way and I'm gonna find freedom. And there is a challenge in the church that we want it all, as I said before, on an altar call. Whereas when you understand how trees grow, they grow deep and then their roots begin to intertwine. So that when a storm comes, it's not up to them. Because when in the pot, the pot can be blown over. But when you are root locked, when we are in groups, when we are getting vulnerable, when we're working through issues, even with different kinds of people, even when people hurt us, we're not moving from that because we realize storm security happens in deep roots. Secondly, there is supply. They have now discovered roots that are interlocked for a period of time can transfer nutrients and water. So when we run out and go through a hard season, somebody else is there saying, hey, we're there for you. We, we can help you out. We, we're committed because we've got deep roots and we are in that place. And so we've got to realize the devil knows that. So I've been coming to C3 now for two and a half years. But something happened and I wasn't that happy. And I heard there's a revival going over there. Let's go. And so we go to that revival and 
We're there for two and a half years and then something else happens. And, you know, I transplanted in our house a year and a half ago a mandarin tree. And it was a great mandarin tree. Not that big. It was still young, but the fruit was really sweet. In the next 12 to 18 months, it almost died. Everything died except for one green shoot. Never has had any more fruit. So I discovered as I researched that if you transplant a fruit tree, it will lose 95% of its previous root system within the first 12 to 18 months. And you need to prune it back one to two thirds for it to be healthy enough to begin to reestablish itself. So when we go, well, I've got a better job and I'm going over to this city and it's not the will of God, it's money. And then we go, wow, it feels really uncomfortable. You're gonna take three years before you even get a root system that can produce fruit, let alone a root system that can provide security and sustainability. And yeah, we just, we come and we go. Oh, I like the church. I like the buzz. It's not about the buzz. It's about you being fruitful and flourishing right up into old age. So the first thing a planted Christian does is grow deep roots. The second thing it does, it adds value to the orchard. Okay, let me ask you a question. Is C3 here for you or are you here for it? Well, you say, Pastor, I, I, I'm really broken. I've been through some stuff. I'm just new to to Christ or I've been through some real deep hurt. Hey, listen, I wanna tell you C3, like our church, is a hospital. You don't have to come with anything. We've got a bed made up. We've got people for you. We've got drugs to help you. But because we love you, we're not gonna leave you in the bed. We're gonna come along and say, it's time to get the morphine down. And you go, no, no, I love the bed and I love the feel. No, you've gotta take personal responsibility if you're ever gonna walk out of the bed. So it's not like, well, you just got to be all in. No, you got to be all in. Because if I leave you in the bed, you're going to end with bed sores. And your further complications are worse than when you came in. So you're going to get up and say, once you're healed, no need to do anything till you're healed. Then you need to get up and go, hey, I'm here for the house. Oh, well, I'm not that happy at the moment. Nobody said hi to me in the foyer. Hmm. Well, I can understand. Look at your face. Okay, let's just talk Bible. If you are friendly, you're going to have many friends. So your problem is root system. Well, I'm not that good under the circumstances. What the flip are you doing under there? Come on. The depth of your root. The depth of your root. Everyone say the depth of your root. Determines the quality of your fruit. Turn to the person next and say, this is for you. Hey, here's the third thing about planted Christians. They allow the required pruning. All right, this is where it's going to get hot in here. Every time you say, God, oh, people are leaving the church. I know it's the musos, pretty. Hey, listen, every time you say, God, would you enlarge me? Every time you say, God, I need a breakthrough in that area, God says, good, it's time to prune. So you can't have the next level and have it sustainable at the size of the branch you're at currently. And pruning shocks you to grow. 
And so God wants you to be in an environment, and C3 is one of those environments. We're not going to preach good on Sunday. We're not just going to have a nice environment and have a whole lot of positive feel. We're here to say, hey, we're here to help you grow. And so we need to be pruned. We had this vine with grapes in a house we rented many years ago, and I, I just love fruit and so happy that it was there. The first year I was expecting fruit. There were two bunches on a huge vine, and they were small fruit and sour. We went on holiday and I knew there was a friend of mine who knew how to prune vines. I said, would you come and help this vine tree? He said, sure. I came back and I saw it. I was shocked. This huge vine tree was a stump. And I rang him up and I said, what the flip have you done? He said, this vine had not been pruned for years. You can't have more fruit without constant pruning. So I had to bring it back to the core. Within two years, we had incredibly sweet grapes. Hey, listen to me. You can come and go or live as a bonsai. You can live the way you want to live. I need Rico to come up because it's getting a bit quiet in here. We need more anointing. Come on, Rico, come, bring it. So who prunes you? Well, if you're really spiritual, you might go, I do. I self-prune. I doubt that. See, when you prune a fruit tree and you look close, you'll see it cries. Sap comes out. Pruning is not an easy thing. Most Christians don't allow pruning. But could you imagine if we became a church of... Hey, get rid of that bonsai attitude. Well, who are you to tell me? I've got a leaf the same size as yours. Yeah, but you're never growing. You keep getting frustrated with God because you're going round and round in circles. Come on, let's be the kind of people that love each other enough, not just to make us feel good, but to go, hey, we've got to get rid of some of this stuff. Every time a tree is pruned, there are new buds that come. Every time that a tree is pruned, it's preparing for a whole new level of fruitfulness. But the way to significance, come on, Pico, keep going, man. <laughs> is to grow deep. So that when it doesn't feel good and you don't like it, you can't get out of there quick. You're not running back to your pot. You're going in, I'm in this, generationally I'm here to be in a place where God wants me to be because I've discovered that if I'm planted I'll prosper I bumped into a guy that was in our church in the supermarket and I hadn't seen him for six months and I think he saw me because I saw the reaction he kind of tried to get to another aisle and I knew him well, so he wasn't just somebody I met in the foyer. I knew him well. So I went around the aisle the other way. And we banged in. I said, hey, man, how? good to see you. Straight away, he says, oh, man, man, I'm sorry I haven't been in church. I said, you don't have to be sorry to me. He said, you got to understand, six days I've been working. All through the week, all Saturdays. And you know I live a long way from town. I said, yep. And I work in town, yep. And he went on and on. And in the end, I said, look, you don't have to feel guilty in front of me. But I want to ask you a question. 
So you're working six days a week. He was pretty well off. And it's all for money. And yet the thing that you need most, you can't make it on Sunday. It's not just a good thought. If you're not planted, you can't flourish. If the enemy can get you out of the garden, he'll keep you a bonsai. And if he can't take, come on, your belief from you, he can stop your potential. And I'm just saying tonight, there is a garden you can get planted in. Maybe you're here and you've never really given your life to Christ. Tonight, what a great opportunity. You see, you can't do it alone. I don't know how much life you're gonna do until you realize, oh yeah, but if I just get the job, if I just make the million, if I just get the status, let's talk to people that get there. Let's go to Hollywood. And when they're not making a movie, talk to them in their lounge room. How's your life really? No root, no lasting fruit. God made you for Him. Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. And tonight you might go, yeah, but Paul, I've stuffed up. Well, welcome to the Stuff Up Club. Every one of us stuff up. But one honest moment, you say, yeah, but I've done it so many times. I don't care how many times you've done it. Just get out of your pot of shame. Get out of your pot of disappointment. Come on, get out of your pot of sin. Just say, I'm going to start all over again. See, I reckon if this bonsai could talk, I think it would honestly say, I'm sick of being small. You think I'm cute and you move me wherever you want me to move. I don't think I was designed for that. I think if this bonsai could really talk, it would say, please, please, would someone put me back in the garden? Tonight, there's not one person here that has to leave the same way you came in. God's saying, if you give me your failure, your sin, your shame, your addiction, just get honest with me. I'll put you in a soil. And if you'll grow deep enough, you'll grow high enough to see all that I have. I think if this bonsai could talk, it would actually cry out. And it would say, please, don't you ever end up like me because you weren't created for that. I'm challenging you tonight. Where you are is not where it ends. We just need God to meet us. Can we give Him a hand tonight? Come on and pray. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to c3sandiego.com. 